All right, so wanted to talk about surrendering and submitting to God. I want us to look at uh, James chapter 4, verse 7. Now here James actually tells us two things. I, I was wanting to try to focus on the first thing, but it's James chapter 4, verse 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So first, there's that word, therefore, right? And that just means because of what was said before. So what did James say before? If we look back at verse 6, you'll see God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So in verse 7, James, for that reason, is saying submit to God because God resists the proud, right? When we're proud, when we're full of ourselves. So now... um to submit to God is to surrender. It's to give over ourselves, to give into His will, right? So why does God want us to do that? Well, if we look, there's one simple answer I found. If we look in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 26, and I think this is something that most, uh, most parents would know and understand, uh, in Proverbs chapter 23, 26, this is telling us why he wants our love and submission to him. Uh, in verse 26 there, he says, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. If we love God and surrender ourselves to him, we will learn his ways. We will act as he does. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus did that every day. He submitted and surrendered to God. Now remember, the power that Jesus had, the miracles he could do, yet he restrained and controlled himself every time in every incident, and he remained humble and obedient, loving God and following his will. Remember how he cursed the fig tree? He walked on water. He raised the dead. Nothing was beyond him. He could have turned those stones to bread when Satan tempted him. Otherwise, that wouldn't have been a temptation at all, but he could have. He could have turned them to bread. He could have had them right then. That was the temptation that Jesus lived with every day because he had the power to do whatever he wanted. Not that he wanted bad things, but I'm just saying he was choosing to stay in God's will, even though he had the power to make things how he would have wanted, right? So that was the temptation to make things maybe differently. But he chose to stay in God's will, to follow God's plan. And we can see uh, what Paul says about this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Here Paul mentions the humility of Christ, surrendering himself for God and for us. And that's Philippians 2, Chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross. 
Jesus set the example of submission, submission, and humility toward God for us. The example of obedience in the face of unfair circumstances. He was both God and human and perfect. If we look at Mark chapter 14, verses 35 and 36, we can see where the Lord faced the ultimate temptation, really, and that's Mark chapter 14, verses 35 and 36, and this is speaking of Jesus. He went a little farther and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Jesus knew what was going to happen. He also knew he could prevent it. He could stop it. He could. He did not have to go through the pain and death, right? He, God always gives us our choice, right? But he surrendered to God the Father and his will and his plan again. Now, we may be tempted to ask why sometimes we say, what was the benefit of Jesus just going, you know, just surrendering to God just to be killed, just to die? Well, one simple answer would be that Jesus loved God and wanted to fulfill God's plan. But if we look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, I think we can get a little further idea of why Jesus went through the pain and suffering that he did. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, remember Paul is talking about uh, the folks that came before, and then he's putting our focus on Jesus looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In this verse, Jesus endured the cross. Why? For the joy that was set before him, right? So we look and we say, well, what was this joy? It wasn't to go to heaven and be with God. He had been there and he was going back there. He was the Son, the Word of God, and he knew he would return. And it wasn't because he needed a perfect relationship with God. He already had that. He had everything, including the power of God. So what would compel him to suffer and die like that on the cross, to surrender everything? What was the reward that would bring so much joy, that would make it worth him doing that. The reward, the joy, was you, was me, and was each of us. It was all of us. It was our salvation. We are the reward for what Jesus went through, and we are why he did it. He surrendered it um, all for God and us. Through his submission, his surrender, he gained all of us as his church and as his family, his brethren. We usually think of surrender as a loss, to submit, to give in, as to lose something. But when we surrender to the Lord, we have a great gain. He truly gives us everything of real importance. Just as Jesus gained us by surrendering everything to God, 
when we submit, when we submit to him, we gain him and we gain all that he has. We gain a perfect relationship with God through Jesus. We gain a place in God's kingdom through Jesus, all by surrendering to Christ. Jesus tells us that we can only save ourselves by surrendering to him. You can see this in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 and 25. This is right after the incident where Peter rebukes Jesus, telling him he won't die. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. And we kind of mentioned that in class here recently. And uh, this was really adding to Jesus' temptation to perhaps not go through this, through with the, the cross. But right after that exchange with Peter, in verses 24 and 25, we have these verses, Matthew 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It is wisdom that defies man's logic. We save our lives by surrendering to the Lord. This sounds hard, and some days it is difficult. But remember the joy that is before us through Christ. You know, Jesus remembered the joy of, save, of, of our salvation, the joy of saving us, of getting us to heaven. He thought of that as he suffered. And now, thanks to the Lord, we have a different joy. We have a joy even as we suffer in this life. Not that this life is all suffering, but just that we do it through trials and temptations. And now that when we go through those things, now when we go through those things, we have a reward to look forward to. We can have joy now in this life. Through Jesus, we have a relationship restored with God the Father. And through Jesus, we have a reward to be with God in heaven when this world is done. So if there's anyone here who does not have that joy, who has not surrendered to Christ, does not have that relationship with God the Father, if you don't have that reward in heaven to look forward to, you know, these things only come through belief in Jesus. But if you have that or any other need, we'd ask that you please come forward as we stand and sing.